Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generation Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. We are exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I'm one of the pastors here at Generations Church, joined by my good friend, Pastor Jeff Luddington, the lead pastor at Generations Church. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm well, man. I'm well. It's it's cold out, though, to be fair. I'm glad we're in the office because it's warm in the office. Oh, man. So th- today, man, there's many uh, jokes about Jeeps, right? Yeah. For, for those of you listening, uh, Jeff and I are amateur Jeep enthusiasts. And um, what I've learned is I got an older Jeep, and what I've learned is my heater went out. Yep. Those things have very little insulation. <laughs> I mean, I literally drove in for 45 minutes and was still freezing by the time I got out of it. But uh, So bear be- in mind, if you're listening to this and you're somewhere, you know, like Idaho, where we, you know, have some friends, <laughs> Chicago, where it's actually cold, understand, man, it's going to be in the 60s today. It was in the... 30s or 40s this morning, and so we're kind of wimpy anyhow. It was 38, man, and I'm in some very thick sweats, and I was cold. That's <laughs> cold. So across the world, people right now are going, that's not cold, so it right, is right. what it is. Hey, but um, uh, on a side note, man, it looks like we got three really good questions today, brother. I, I was looking at uh, our Lord's Day 23, and these three questions, they seem, they seem like no-brainers, to be honest with you, right in the middle of the uh, Heidelberg Catechism. Okay. But um, why don't you, they're definitely not no-brainers. They're there for a reason. They're fantastic questions, questions I hope uh, all the saints ask consistently. But before we get into them, brother, why don't you uh, give us one of those good recaps, those detailed recaps you'd like to give us of the previous Lord's Days and right. kind of the structure that we got going on here, and then we'll tackle these questions. Thank you. Yeah, man, I, I would love to. There's a, a need today, I think, that is different. Sometimes we have a, an episode and we're working through this catechism. And if you're listening and you're joining us today, you've never heard us before. Uh, a catechism is something that is a teaching tool. It's just memorizing questions and answers so that you learn the truth of the Bible. And uh, again, the Bible is our truth. It's not the catechism. The catechism is under the Bible. Uh, this is a particular one called the Heidelberg Catechism. It's about 450 years old. And it's written in uh, in 52 weeks. So starting with... Uh, a Sunday. They called it a Lord's Day 1, Lord's Day 2. We're on Lord's Day 23. And for us, that's our podcast episode number 23. We're calling it Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude rather than Heidelberg Catechism because not a whole lot of people necessarily know what the Heidelberg Catechism is. So Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude are the three categories that the Heidelberg Catechism teaches through. That's important today. Uh, it went through a section on guilt. Uh, what is our guilt before God? Mm. Now we're in the section of grace, right? How are we saved from that? Okay. Moving into gratitude. How do we live that out? Mm. Okay. So those are the three big themes, the meta narrative, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so today, honestly, uh, in episode 23 here, or Lord's day 23, week 23 of the catechism, there are three questions, like you said, that three answers, but they start off really mid thought. And so it's, it's an odd it's an odd starting point. So what I, I think we can do is just let's do the questions and answers. And, and we've been doing those. Uh, I'm asking the question and, and Pastor Scott, he is answering the question like a father would to a son or a discipler, a pastor would to their student. And so we're doing that back and forth. And just to have that relational piece, the catechism's written like that. Yeah. Today, I'm going to ask you, what do, what good does it do you, right? And your answer is then in the first person, how it affects you. And that's how each week goes. 
Um, and so we'll just we'll do these three questions and answers, and then you'll see how it's, you know, if you're listening, you'll see how it's kind of starting off in the middle of a thought, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about how this plays out. So you ready? I, I'm ready, man. It's cold, but memory doesn't uh, fade <laughs> in cold, right? Okay, good. All right. I tend to uh, think it does. All right. Question 59. What good does it do you, however, to believe all this? In Christ, I am right with God and heir to life everlasting. Just side note, if you're listening, um, it is. It's in that first person. What good does it do you? Your answer, in Christ, I am right. I'm sorry, that's the first person, yeah. right? I'm asking yeah, you yeah. the question. You're answering for you, and I think it's important. No, you know, that's one subtlety through the entire uh, mm-hmm. catechism yeah. is your response is always personal. Yep. And, and I like that because it's always an individual challenge for a collective message. Yeah. I like that. So anyhow, let's do that question again. Let's do it, man. I think you're right. But I, I love the, I love the, I'm asking you the question you're answering for yourself. I like that. So it's, it's great. And this is short, so we'll do it again. All right. Question 59. <laughs> what good does it do you, however, to believe all this? In Christ, I am right with God and heir to life everlasting. Question 60. How are you right with God? Only by true faith in Jesus Christ. Even though my conscience accuses me of having grievous, grievously sinned against all God's commandments and have never have kept any of them. And even though I am still ever inclined toward all evil, nevertheless, without my deserving it at all, out of sheer grace, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, righteousness and holiness of Christ as if I had never sinned nor been a sinner, as if I have been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. All I need to do is accept this gift of God with a believing heart. Hmm. Wow. Question 61. Why do you say that you are right with God by faith alone? It is not because of any value my faith has that God is pleased with me. Only Christ's satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness makes me right with God. And I can receive this righteousness and make it mine in no other way than by faith. Yep. I think there's a good scripture that kind of backs that one up. <laughs> yep. What, which one we were talking about? Uh, uh, Ephesians 2.8. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. For sure. We'll absolutely. Uh, one of my favorites for sure. Uh, so we're talking about asking a question where, uh, asking a question with a prepared, memorized answer. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm asking you about you and you're answering the first person of what you believe. And so understand that as we do this, we're beginning to proclaim the truth of Scripture, the yeah. truth of the gospel about ourselves, right? You know, in Christ, I am right with God. Yeah. You know, and heir to life everlasting. That's, you know, in, in Christ, I am right with God. We're making that proclamation. We're saying that's true, right? And so if you're a parent and you're, you're teaching your children, or if you're, you know, a pastor teaching a person, it's just any person in your church, whatever that might be, you're beginning to teach them the truth about themselves, you know? We do, we do this in, in lots of areas of life. If you want to join a group, you know, you learn some things. If you want to pass a test in school, you learn some things. You know, the, memorization is a part of life. Yeah. And, and it's not uh, just religious memorization, memorization, excuse me, but it is memorizing truth, yeah. right? We memorize the answer to a history test because it's true so that when we are asked a question, we know it. And then that's how we engraft principles into our life. So uh, these here, though, it does start off, you know, if you're listening, you might hear that, what good does it do you, however, to believe in all this? Well, all what? And so if this is your first time listening, we've already been working through, you know, 22 different episodes plus an introduction and a couple spinoff ones that we did about this. But it's recapping uh, a reminder that we are guilty, 
uh, that, that we are guilty before God and that belief in Christ is the only way to be made right with God. And so the next question says, well, how are you right with God? And so I would say this, there is no true Christianity. And I say that that's a strong thing to say, okay, you really can't be a Christian unless this, right? Yeah. But there is no true Christianity apart from a belief that we are deeply broken, corrupt, and sinful. Mm. And so I'll say that in the opposite. It's really hard, if not impossible, to be a Christian if you approach this conversation about being right with God based on the idea that you're a good person or that you basically got it all together or, hey, I've made some mistakes in life, but unless you can come and, and stand before God and say, I am deeply broken, dead in my sins, I am incomplete, and I have no way of reaching out to you, God, yeah, without your help, God, there's really no true Christianity apart from that. Interesting. That's a heavy statement, man. Because a lot of people, I think, um, I think when a lot of people think of Christianity, they think of good works. They immediately subscribe to good works. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's why a lot of times Christians get called hypocrite. Sure. And, and it may start off uh, with that misunderstanding of our original position before Christ. Yeah. Separated. Depraved. Yeah. If we... Just imagine. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, that's a rough statement, man. I'm not sure. How do I feel about that? Consider this. No one goes to a 12-step recovery group, right, who doesn't admit they have a problem. What's step one? Hi. I'm Jeff, and I have this problem, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's it's admitting you have a problem. And so Christianity is obviously not a 12-step group, but uh, it is admitting, okay, this is, I'm a, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Absolutely. Right? I'm not a good person who just wants to know a good God, mm. right? I am a broken and wicked person who is in need of a Savior so that I can be with a holy God. Yeah. And so in that, we need to have a clear understanding. So the first, the first portion of the Heidelberg Catechism is on our guilt. And so if you're wrestling with that, I would suggest go back through, you know, episodes two through, I think it's two through seven or eight, something like that, um, where we talk about our guilt and our standing before God apart from Christ, yeah. right? And then it shifts gears. And the next 16 or so episodes are all about grace, right? And this is that section that we're in. And then it's going to turn and shift to now, how do we live that out, yeah. right? But for today, the answer, the long answer in the middle, so how are you right with God, right? The long answer is only by true faith in Jesus Christ. And then it says several things. You know, even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against God, so even though I know I've been corrupt in the past, it goes on, even though I am still ever inclined toward all evil, right? Even though I'm still sinful inside, yeah. right? Even though I'll always struggle this with this, yeah. even though I'll, I'll never be free from sin as long as I'm in this body, that I have Jesus, right? That Jesus is the only thing. So it starts off with only by true faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I highlighted the words true faith. Belief in Jesus, and I've written on this. If if anybody, if you've read my book, you you've read this. In uh, if you don't know that, I wrote a book called Frustrated about a year and a half ago. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. But uh, the idea is, what does it mean to truly be a believer? Well, one person says, "Well, I believe in Jesus," but they live one way. Yeah, they live the same way as they did if they didn't say that. There's no discernible difference. One says, "I believe in Jesus," and they and their life is being changed by Jesus. Yeah. And I would say, true faith is this. It's not mental assent to a set of facts about Jesus. It is, I believe in this so much that it changes my life. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. 
I um <clears throat> I always try to give analogy to the to the middle schoolers as uh, you've been working through your sermon <clears throat> sermons on Sunday. I've been working through a narrative for them, trying to get them to understand it. You have to see the world through the biblical lens. Mm-hmm. And, and I always use the analogy of things we put on, right? The Bible sure. tells us to put on Christ, put on the full armor of Christ and whatnot. And, um, but I always give them the, the analogy, don't treat Jesus like a prosthetic limb. Mm-hmm. You only put him on when you need him. That's not true Christianity. Right. That is, that is, I don't know what that is, but it's not true. Right. You know, true Christianity is taking your worldview, your conception, everything you think, and you wear a lens and you read it through the lenses of Scripture. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and that's a good. I mean, it's a good image, right? True faith in Jesus is not um, it, it is not contextual faith. Well, I need him in this circumstance, but I don't in this uh, circumstance. Right? It's frustrating. Absolutely. Yet we all do it. We do. Fair. It's yeah. And when I say frustrating, it's frustrating that I do it. Yes. Oh good. no, man, man. I'm. <laughs> we can pick people's sins apart. I'm. My, I'm frustrated when I do it. Still, right, do this, and right. I have this comprehension, and I still yeah. do it. I know better, and I still do it. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Isn't there a verse that says something along those yeah, lines? Yeah. Paul wrestles with that in <laughs> Romans seven. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, you know, I was just thinking when I said Romans seven. Uh, you know, that was an early conversation that Pastor Vinny and I, who used to do this podcast with yeah. us. Ed did and and we wrestled through that passage. What does it mean? And I was I was thinking of that that quick snapshot went through my head, and uh, I was with Eric Marino, who's probably listening. And uh, he um he's been he's been listening to this podcast. And I was with him this week, and uh, he said, "Man, there's been a lot of shout outs, and I, I think you're missing somebody." Ah. So there, Eric is yours, man. Hey, uh, Eric, you are my favorite elder. Oh, Just there know we that. Go. Just and know that. that. Now he's a chaplain, right? He is. He's he the is, man. man, the myth, the legend, Eric. We love he's you. A, he's a solid guy. So he gets his shout out. Now now he owes me money, I think. But <laughs> All right. So only by true faith, man. Yes. What does it mean to truly believe, mm. right? And I would say this. If I truly believe fire is hot, it will change the way I treat it. Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Uh, I don't do a lot of electrical work, but uh, and I never have, but I've done some. <laughs> And I will say that I believe electricity can kill you yeah. enough to where it it makes me slow down and think through how I'm working mm. with it. Yeah. You know, I don't just go ripping stuff apart. It's not water. It's electricity. Yep. You know, I do shut off breakers. I do do these. Man, I, and if you have to work with something that's hot, that's live, I treat it very differently. You are so right. Yes. Yeah. So for me, true faith is something you believe so much it changes how you do it. You've said true faith is a worldview, something you look through all the time, not just when you want to. Yeah. Now, we both say those things and we admit we don't live that way, right? That's the answer to this Mm. question. Even though I'm still inclined toward evil, even though this, even though that, I am treated because of Christ's righteousness, I am treated as if none of that was true. Mm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. true faith results in that. Absolutely, man. And it, and it, not only that, it, it also bursts the latter portion of the Heidelberg, uh, the gratitude. It does. You, you know, the deeper. This one thing too, man. The deeper I've learned about my sin. That's one thing. You know, um, growing in my reform faith. You know, understanding faith from the reform perspective and how important depravity is. Understanding that. I. You would think you'd have a little like you would you your guilt would be greater, but it's not. I understand that yeah. it's greater, but my thankfulness is greater. Yeah. Like it only leads me to be more thankful the more I understand my depravity yeah. because I understand the depths of what my Savior has done for me. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let me say it kind of in a, in a I hope a shorter sentence. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't a criticism. No, 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 no. I'm not, we all I'm know I can be long winded. How do we put that together in a shorter <laughs> sentence? So the more I understand 
my depravity and sin, right? My, the mm-hmm. more I understand how great my need is, mm. I'm not, I'm not turned off by that. I'm shown how big God is mm-hmm. by that, right? I'm shown how great my Savior Jesus is because I understand my need more. Yeah, right. When you're a little kid and, and you you live with your parents and you're like, hey, I want a new toy. Yeah, you have no concept of what it means to go to work, earn an income, pay the bills, have those financial pressures over you or whatever it might be, you know, especially yeah. if you're with a single parent struggling to get by or, you know, you're in a family who's, you know, hard, having a hard time affording things, right? So a little kid, you don't know, but as you grow up and you learn, you begin to appreciate, well, that's how hard my single mom worked for me when this, you know, or whatever. And so it's an understanding and appreciation of how big the job is. And so as I learn more about my sin, I understand more about how great my savior is yeah and yeah. so ever growing and yet it isn't turning it, it isn't pushing me away from god it's drawing me into god yeah, absolutely absolutely it uh it brings that scripture to light as we're talking and you you opened up uh on this episode of the heidelberg uh catechism uh about memorizing scripture right putting yeah. in your heart and i always think of psalms 119 where king david just says your word i've hidden in my heart, in my heart that i Amen. may not sin against you I think that's one of the great values of going through this catechism. One thing that's really blessed me is uh, how deep you can hide his word in your heart. And really going through the New City Catechism with my daughter has reinforced it. And uh, it's been great, man. It's great. It's been a great journey. So it wraps up with a question. The third one, um, it's it's nuancing a question, but it's asking you, why do you say that you are right with God by faith alone? And And the part that it's emphasizing is by faith alone, right? And so what we're saying is we're not saying, in fact, the answer directly says this, it's not saying that faith gives me any merit or, you know, it, there's, and there's a, there has been, and in other theological streams, not to criticize anybody else or anything else, but there are other theological streams that really the emphasis is on you making a decision for Jesus. It's really the emphasis on you. And the mm. Reformed in Reformed theology and the Reformed side of this conversation, the emphasis is what God does, yep. right? God is sovereign. God is big. Our need is big, but our, our Savior is greater, like we've been talking about, right? But in, in some streams, the emphasis gets put on the human being making that decision to follow God. And really, even though they would say the same words, that it were saved by faith, you know, saved by grace through faith, that's Ephesians 2, 8, right? that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Even though we all would agree with that, sometimes we're treated as if, well, when this one responds and this one doesn't, well, then this one must be making the right decision. They must be you know, smarter or better or whatever. And they never say that, but it gets that feeling. It does, yeah. Or if you're the evangelist sharing the gospel. <laughs> well, if I can just share the gospel right, then they will come to faith, mm-hmm. right? It must be, I must need to improve my gospel. Mm-hmm. Or they did come to faith, I must have a gospel presentation that's on point, right? Uh, and so we get in the way and start taking credit, and that's just our human prideful nature, right? Or, you know, I'm not good enough. We go to the other extreme, right? And so this is, why do you say that I'm right with God by faith alone? And what they're saying there is just, we have nothing to contribute to salvation. Nothing, man. We open up in our desperation and we say, Jesus, please save me, you know, rescue me. And so I've, I've, I've been, you know, both of us have. We've, we've referenced this verse. But Ephesians 8, uh, Ephesians, excuse me, 2, 8, 9, and 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is your, not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of works so that no man may boast. 
for we are his, meaning Jesus, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Excuse me, his workmanship be God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're saved by grace. It's because God is a good God, not because we are good people. We're saved through faith, meaning our job is just believe. Right? Yeah. That's We have nothing to contribute, right? Not of our own doing so that we don't get in the way and start thinking we did anything of any merit. It's not a result of works, Absolutely right? Not. That we don't take any credit for this. This is God's work. All of God's work. But in this, in this, we are God's workmanship. We are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the things that God has called us to do. So we should respond by doing things. So again, I'm going to back up to true faith results in life change. That's amazing. I like it, Pastor Jeff. True faith results in true response to the true king. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, with that, I hope you all were encouraged and thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. We release a new episode every Tuesday of our Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude series. And if you like it, please let us know, write a review, and give us a share. We greatly appreciate that. Take care, everyone. Bye. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.